All right, everybody, welcome to the 348th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man. Sage looking mighty angelic with my lighting, according to Dustin Haas, which I find rather, rather complimentary. I, I think you look great. I just had the, you know, I, I call it like I see him. It's the Holy, Holy Backboard Podcast. We don't sugarcoat anything. It's, it's straight. You look good, dude. Thank you. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely look younger without the beard. But uh, yeah, this is the our last piece of draft content until the draft is over. Yeah, I had to uh, make sure I got my my mug of tea ready. Oh, we're, we're going to have bathroom breaks during this podcast. I, I just I, went bathroom. <laughs> I, I went to the bathroom for all the listeners. You know, we usually we usually have one or two. Yeah, yeah, we're old. We 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 old guy talk now. <laughs> when I was, uh, I mean, you want to talk old? Uh, I was preparing Olga and and my uh, oatmeal for tomorrow morning's breakfast. Uh, it don't get much older than that. It's good as shit. Yeah. And it, a funny story. Um, I was like, Olga, do you want raisins in yours? And she's like, Yeah, any situation that calls for raisins, put it put it in there. And I'm like, That's your white person tendency. That's your white person trait. She's like, Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I say, well, my white person tendency is whenever we go to a restaurant or any place and a line starts to form right after you get there on cue, I'll say we got there just in time. Like, <laughs> uh, but but she does say that raisins and potato salad have no business being together. So there is a hard line there. And I, I greatly appreciate that. From That's why she is my my ride or die. Yeah, I, I- this African lemonade recipe that my mother and I are obsessed with has raisins in it. But again, I don't really have like, do you have an a- an Asian tendency that like you like, yeah, that's me. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I have a white tendency. That's the one thing. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Maybe the stuttering and the thinking where my head turns like this when I'm thinking, I don't know. I, I I feel like my tendencies and the things I like are very much my own, but I don't I don't know because how many people do you know that think of basketball at the at, at a pretty high level mixed with panda content mixed with you know hardcore hip hop and I don't know I, I feel like my stuff is all my own really that's why you're one on one yeah if I was a top shot I'd be very valuable for a while and then I couldn't sell it but. Buy low, sell high. <laughs> All right, man. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm ready. This is like my, one of my favorite episodes of the year to record. Um, apologies to our listeners. We usually do a really in-depth blog on our mock draft, and then we record based off of that that blog. But with having uh, a six-month-old this year... I get maybe 90 minutes yeah. like just alone. I've heard that time. it's an exhaustive draft. Uh, uh it takes yeah. a, a long time just even going back and forth but then like sourcing the images, cropping them, uh, formatting the blog, finding image credit and just like yeah, it's it is a labor of love. Um so everyone who who has read it in the past, we appreciate you everyone listening. We greatly appreciate you. Uh hopefully we'll be back with that extended blog next year or the year after, but um, we'll you know, we'll transcribe your, this. I know it's like, not the, the same, but we'll transcribe it and put it on the blog. Yeah, this is just going to have to. This is going to be a word. Fuck it. Since I'm doing it, it's a word fucking tidal wave, not a block of text. It's a goddamn tidal wave. And there, there are prospects <laughs> in the, the 20s and 30s. Like we I just I don't know 
everything about. Like, I don't claim to be a draft guru. I don't claim to be someone who studies this for a living. I, I've done quite a bit of uh, in-depth, you know, looking online of the top prospects, especially when Portland got three. And obviously we have 23, so there's prospects in and around that area. But um, for a lot of the times we're going to know what we're talking about, there's going to be some players that like, I've seen maybe two minutes of clips. And I'm like, this makes sense for that team. We're going to go with it. So at least we, I feel like throughout our draft content throughout the last like three years, if we don't really know a prospect, we're not afraid to say, Hey bro, I I haven't seen him. Like I haven't seen him. I don't know. It just sounds like an archetype that this X X team could use. So that's how it's going to go. And, but that, that's who we are. You know, we, we talk about what we're knowledge about, um, and other times we just kind of uh, wing it, and yeah. you'll you'll know when we're winging it, and you'll know when we when we know what we're talking about. But it, yeah. it's all all in fun. It's a mock draft, right? Nobody's actually keeping score in these. You don't win. You anything. would kick my ass if we kept score. I think I've only gotten two right. You don't I think it was anything. shit. They're they're never right though, Sage. <laughs> they're always completely off. Like yeah. stuff happens at the draft. Like this is just so for our listeners. When you're looking at this mock draft, it is a combination of what we think the teams will do, what we think the team should do mixed. Like if we were the GM, so like, we're not going to say like, Oh, the Spurs are going to take a men Thompson. Like, no, like th- there has to be like, if we think there's a pick set in stone, we're going to make that pick probably whether we would agree with it or not. Um, and that will go with like a maybe prospect that you like or don't like. And maybe prospect that I don't like. We're like, no, this team probably will lean towards this guy. Uh, say Arkansas prospect without second Arkansas prospect. <laughs> no, you know what it is. Say Keegan Murray without saying Keegan Murray last year, letting his ass slip all the way to 10 because you wouldn't draft him. Yeah, you had. That. I know that I I'm going to have to draft the Arkansas prospects this time. I, I... <laughs> so, yeah, it's just it's just a good mix of what we would do versus what we think the team will do. Um, and you'll kind of get that throughout the 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 yeah. the the draft that we go and you have graciously allowed me to uh select uh evens which well, you, i got yeah me, i got uh, which allows you me fuck to, me yeah there we which go which allows me to, to pick at three and 23 but i will also after i'm done picking i'll say what would you have done here and you can maybe okay. say exactly the same or this is the guy i would have took so you kind of get two picks with the blazers there but without further ado sage let's kick it off uh with the first pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs are selecting Victor Wembanyama, uh, just the the unicorn from France. He's already signing jerseys that people have customized in the number one San Antonio uh, over in France. He knows he's going there. The Spurs aren't even picking up the phone. The only thing stopping this guy from being a dominant force is health. He he has everything: offense, defense, moves like a wing, but he's seven five, length for days can hit the three, can post up. I mean, he's just basically a freak. And He's a 2K look, creative player, bro. You look at the Spurs, 86, Robinson, 97, Duncan, and now 23, getting Gwembenyama. Uh, some, some guys get all the girls. I mean, doesn't that sound how that song goes in the 80s? Like, that's just how it, how it happens. And the Spurs... You know, plus their hearts, they 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 lucked out, and sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And they now have a promising young core, and they will start their rebuild. But the draft really starts at number two. Sage, who do you have the Charlotte Hornets selecting? Since this is a mock draft, and it's the last piece of draft content that we're gonna do, 
it's going to be Scoot Henderson at two, whether the Hornets take it for themselves or draft it and trade him to another team. I can't pretend to think that like the Blazers are going to get a chance at him. I just, it just doesn't seem likely with how much speculation has been with the, the Raptors, the Pelicans, other teams like the jazz, I think have been making calls for, for Scoot. So I, as much as I wish that I could say Blazers are going to get him, I I just don't think it is. Um, betting markets have it as Scoot Henderson as a it, it used to be a small favorite. Now it's a pretty large favorite. If you, yeah, it, it it's getting more and more like, uh, it's gonna be Scoot Henderson at two. I don't know if it's going to be the Hornets that actually are the ones that have scoot henderson for the long term but i think that scoot's going number two uh regardless i mean we had we just had a podcast about him he is the best point guard point guard prospect that you and i have seen in many 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 years and whoever has him should be very very thankful to have such a just intelligent strong basketball player on their team to be the superstar for their team for a very long time. So Scoot Henderson at Charlotte for number two. Yeah. And take those betting lines seriously. They were the ones who tipped off everyone that Palo Bancaro was going number one to Orlando about 30, 45 minutes before the draft last year when everyone thought it was Jabari Smith Jr. So where there's a will, there's a way, but they find out the information uh, regardless that puts Portland on the clock. And I think the national media would say if if this is how it shakes out and they're keeping the pick that they're gonna just take between who's ever left between scoot henderson and brandon miller um i'm gonna throw a minor curveball to the first uh pick in this mock draft and i I think they're gonna go amend thompson from overtime elite basically the six seven generational athlete that could just become an amazing partner in in the backcourt with with Shaden Sharp over the next decade plus. Um, they clearly could take Brandon Miller. Um, he's a safer pick, especially if they believe Damian Lillard will still be on board if if they make this selection. There's just so much smoke. There there's so many rumors. There's so there's so much misinformation out there right now that it's hard to to tell truth from you know make believe. But I, I believe with Mike Schmitz there, and you even goes back to when Joe Cronin was part of the front office when they selected like Anthony Simons, like they seem to view athletes they in a in a high regard. Um, they took Simons, played at IMG. They swung for the fences, took Shaden Sharp after basically just playing AAU basketball. They trust their scouts. I think they're going to try to hit the, the biggest home run that they can here. I think Brandon Miller is at least a double. I think guaranteed a double, but a men could really be like a walk off home run. Like there, there, people have people, credible people who, you know, study this draft have, have said a men Thompson, maybe outside of Wimbanyama has the highest ceiling in this draft. Like if he hits, could be the best player. Like I think that's something a small market like Portland would be willing to to bet on. There's just been some scuttlebutt that Mike Schmitz really loves the Thompson twins. Um, you can take, you can make what you want. Dame was there for the Thompson twins workout. He wasn't there for Brandon Miller. Um, I, I don't know if you want to put any stock in that or put all, all your stock in that. Um, I would say that the Brandon Miller legal situation got a little bit more clear 
over the weekend, uh, the Tuscaloosa patch, um, watched unreleased video footage and, you know, detailed what happened. It just, it doesn't seem like Brandon Miller really had anything to do at this point um, in that, that shootout that, that took place, unfortunately taking the life of a person. So if, if he is even more in the clear legally, I, I think that would, would open the door for him to be selected. But Sage, I just, I think the Blazers kind of go a little unconventional and I, I think they're going to try to take, you know, someone who, if they can grow and develop, like he and Shaden could break the NBA like in five years. And you, and they're, they're only going to be like 24, 25 years old in five years. And you can, having two, six, seven freak athletes in the backcourt, one who doesn't need to be on ball, um, that's a very easy core to build around. Like you can just, you can do, put any archetypes around that backcourt and you are now situated to put your core in the forefront of, no, this is the future power rankings. You have to put Portland in there if if Miller, or excuse me, if if Amen and Shaden are, are your tandems. I feel like it, right now, it feels like a coin flip between Amen and Brandon Miller. You just have to take everything that's being released right now as, with the humongous grain of salt. Um, if you're on team, you know, draft, if you're on team trade away this pick you have to take everything with a huge grain of salt i mean there's so much misinformation out right now honestly it's a coin flip but if i was i feel like we might go brandon miller here but i respect the amen pick because i think he is just generally better um i would say this age i think players like brandon miller are easier to find in in this draft and oh, future yeah. drafts, well, then Amen Thompson, like we we throw the term around one of one, like Prime Scotty Pippen's like the only player that I can think of that really comps to what Amen could comp out at, like, and that's over like thirty years of me watching basketball, so it's like he's I mean, pretty, pretty damn close to being. I, I it's just like with, with some of these prospects that are coming out, it's just like there ain't nothing like this person right now. He's just. He's just bringing on what basketball is going to be looking like in 10, 15 years. I mean, you're seeing large playmakers come into the league and have enormous success. So, I I, I mean, if it was GM Sage, I would absolutely go a men here. But Brandon Miller was the most heralded college prospect. I I mean, there has to be something. I feel like Houston feels very bummed out right now with Scoot Henderson and Amen Thompson off the board because it seems like they can use a leading uh, ball handler. I, I think for them, they're going to have to take the best NCAA player of this year in Brandon Miller. I know, I know that they would have preferred some ball handlers. Just, there just isn't one that is a true playmaker. So they take the best available player in Brandon Miller who can hit threes. Very similar to another prospect they have in Jabari Smith, but you know what? He he has the most credibility. They're they're trying to build efficiently and sustainably. They're going to go Brandon Miller. He's going to... KCP has another year of running point. Jalen Green, Brandon Miller, Jabari Smith, and uh, shit, who's the center from Turkey? Uh, uh, Shengun. Saying I was thinking you're seven, but I knew that was wrong. 
yeah, but I, I think this is worst case scenario for Houston. Yes, it has to be. I think if it unfolds like this, and it's already being reported that James Harden is leaning towards staying in Philadelphia. Like I already thought that whoever Houston drafted last year was going into a bad situation, whether it was Paolo or Jabari, because Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green do not pass not the pass. basketball. Nope. Brandon Miller has shown a tendency to pass the basketball, but he's there to score the basketball. Like yeah, he's, he's not going to get the basketball that much. And then you already have Jabari Smith who needs it. Just, it's such a, they're really, trying to trade up or down somewhere. I, I think this is a prime trade down spot for them. Look for Utah, Indiana, uh, some team with multiple first round picks that would be willing to spend extra capital, but we're not doing trades in this. It's just more like, look for those teams. I think he, Miller makes more sense in those cities. Uh, and I think Houston would be would be more open to picking up assets and taking a, another floor general um, down the board. But no trades. Would you would you a, have gone Brandon just because he's the the, the best? If I can't the, trade the pick, yeah. For Houston, um, yes, but I would lean. I would think long and hard about Asar Thompson. I think he helps them out a, a lot. I think he's a better. I think you get you get you get some defense. You need some defense on that roster. You yeah, there is none except gonna, for the, you need the, someone who's going to make a pass. You need someone yeah. who can dribble the basketball. Yeah, like no, we know Jabari can't. I, I don't. Brandon Miller needs to work on the handle. Like so, I think value wise it works. I I just think it's a if they keep Miller and take him, uh, if they take excuse me if they take and keep him, it just it feels like they're they have so many parts that just don't mesh. That's fine. I don't like the Houston Rockets anyways. Uh, but I think another pivotal slot in the draft is Detroit at number five. Um, they could go really just a, a plethora of ways that they've got, you know, Kate Cunningham and Jade Nivey, a little unconventional backcourt. They picked up Jalen Duran uh, last year. And, you know, this is where, This is such a tough position because I I love some prospects, but I don't love their fit with Detroit. Like Jerris mm-hmm. Walker and Jalen Duran, that's a tough fit for me to, to wrap my, my head around. Um Cam Whitmore, uh does, this is does bad, he have, can, can he can he can he pass the ball? Like no. can he really like legitimately pass the ball? Um I'm gonna go with Asar Thompson. We have yeah. screwed Orlando every mock draft we have yeah. done. I am going Asar Thompson because there's already rumors. That, I mean, he shut the workout down at Indiana at seven. So mm-hmm. the rumors are he has a promise. So it could be four, five, or six. Um, I, I love his fit alongside of Cade and Ivy. It allows Ivy to be, to be more just of a scorer rather than a playmaker. And I think mm. that was his weakness was trying to make play. You just unleash Ivy. You have great size alongside of him in Cade and Asar. Uh, Jalen Duran can already do a little playmaking. So I, I think you can start to in, um, introduce that, those responsibilities his way. Yeah, I, I like the I like the fit. And I think right there he is up in the mix with, with best player. He or, he or Jairus. But I just, I think he fits them in their, their same tier. So that's why I went Asar over Jairus there. But this, again, this is a toss up. I think this could go different ways. Yeah. I, I feel like Orlando is also hoping to trade up and get Asar Thompson. Cause after Asar, you get a huge drop off because they already have Paulo and Franz Wagner. So they kind of have their wings set up 
for the uh, future. So Jairus is kind of like a wasted asset since you need to get Wendell, uh, Paulo, and Franz actual minutes. So where is he going to actually play for major minutes? And then you got John Isaac. There, there's just a lot of wings in this draft. So you got to kind of think about the guards. And since you took the most dynamic one, you put you put Orlando in a pretty pretty crappy situation. <clears throat> I'm also trying to think about fits because I think Anthony Black would would be pretty bad in Orlando with like no one's a knockdown shooter yet, and you you already have two legit playmakers, so he's not really there. Uh, it, it's a tough one because because of the guard situation. Like they they should be the team that trades up, but huh. yeah, I didn't I didn't leave you a lot. Um, no, there's you didn't. One player who I would think they would take, but I'll, I'll let you make the pick. Who do you think they'd make the? If the draft board was like this and they could not trade up, I, I don't think they wait until eleven to nab him. I think they take Grady Dick here. He was definitely on the list. It's just such bad value at it's this ba- pick. It's bad value, but do you think he gets past Utah, Indiana, no. Washington? Like, there's now these teams that are just like, yeah, we'll take. Like, we could use a shoot. And I, I I'm sorry. Like, I definitely screwed you. Um, there's still Cam Whitmore, but I, I also think he's a three four. So it just it, it just hits the. We have a lot of three fours. We don't have ones and twos. Or we have ones and twos. They're just not the greatest ones and twos in the world. I I, I honestly believe it's atrocious value at six. Grady Dick is atrocious value at six. It, but they they should be on the, the, the phones burning up those uh, lines in Orlando. But honestly, I kind of agree with you that Brady Dick would fit because of the the spacing issues. There really isn't a dynamic guard slash wing right here. You might as well got get a guy that has size shooting. I I truly don't think he's as bad defensively as a lot of people are saying. I think that's kind of lazy. Like you see a white guy think bad defense, but I think he's pretty all right at it. You put him at the two. You have another year of Markel Fultz running the show who has shown the ability to be a pretty good point guard in this league. And you have a lot of spacing for Paulo and Franz Wagner and, and uh, Wendell. So I, I, I get it. I, I like it. I, I, I think that with this mock, let, let's work together. I, I think that this is a good pick for Orlando. With the seventh pick in the 2023 NBA draft, Indiana Pacers are elated to select Jairus Walker from the university of Houston. Not only is he best player available, best fit, going to work magically alongside Miles Turner there. They've already got uh, Benny Matherin, uh, Andrew Nimhart, Tyrese Halliburton. They, 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 they've, they've got bucket getters. They've got Buddy Heald that they could either keep or trade. They still have Chris, Chris Duarte, uh, first-round pick from 2021. Um, I think they would be tempted to go uh, Cam Whitmore here, especially because they have the best floor general in the game in Tyrese Halliburton, but... I think there is too much to pass up on when you're looking at arguably the best defensive player, including Victor Wembanyama, 
in this draft uh, to get him just solves a lot of issues uh, for your team. And again, he's just a perfect fit alongside of, of Miles Turner. And he's really the perfect fit against alongside the modern center, which is important because Miles Turner was drafted in 2015. So like, he, yes, he has years left, but you can put any stretch five alongside of, of Jarris and that that fit is going to be magical. So I, I love the fit. I love the value. I think Indiana is is pretty uh, pretty thrilled right now. Could you? I feel like Jarris could make it work with a rim run. Like, but I just said I didn't like yeah, what you want Duran though. Yeah. Well, I feel, I'm feeling like like if if Indiana got Clint Capella, I don't see it being the worst thing in the world. I feel like Jarris is just so versatile; he can make anything happen. It, as long as he has spacing one through three, I don't feel like five is going to be that a, a, a big of a deal because of the versatility that he shows. He he's just so smart and good. But I mean, you you match those two together. There's so much there's so much room for him to work in that short role. All right, Sage, the Washington Wizards, fresh off of trading Bradley Beal to the Phoenix Suns, are on the clock. New ownership, new regime. Um, I feel bad for the Wizards fans. They got absolutely nothing in return for Beal. And why are you tearing it down the draft after Wembenyama? That that would really uh, piss me off if I was a Wizards fan, but... Fair or not, this is the predicament they are in, picking eighth, and you are on the clock, Sage. You're giving me the difficult ones. Um, I feel like I, Bradley I like, Beal was I like there. this one because I think with Beal off, they really have dedicated themselves. They are complete rebuild. It's no longer like, oh, this guy could play next to Beal, or maybe he can come in and win right away. Like Now it's just like, fuck it. We, we, we are starting from ground zero. We want to be absolute. We we're, we want to process this for a couple of years. Cause I felt like you're going to see rumors about Anthony black at this position. You just will. I bet you, you're saying you know, it now. Sage. I Anthony black has been mocked to the wizards. I think since like we found out the lottery, like even before, like everyone was like, I haven't seen anybody other than AB here. But it's interesting because that's all pre-Beal. Yeah, because Beal makes Anthony Black's life so much easier because he can handle the ball. Does Johnny Davis make Anthony Black's life easy? I don't know. I know. Like, I feel like it's an awful fit for Anthony Black. You have the shooting center. You have Kuzma, maybe. You don't know where you're going to go with the players that are on this team. God damn, it makes it such a difficult pro. Th- like, I like Anthony Black. I think this fails, though. I don't think Cam Whitmore's any better. I think it's Anthony Black here still, but I think the fit is a lot worse because he has to create the the mismatch now. And I don't know if he can do it, but I feel like Chris Porzingis is going to love Anthony Black because of his passing and the defense. Because Wizards were pretty awful at at defense. You have if, him. Porzingis is on the roster. True. I mean, it could be completely. We just don't know. I, I feel like Anthony Black is going to be who they're who they're drafting, but if Anthony Black's your guy, you gotta you gotta have a kind of a perfect team. I don't think they have it, but I think that Anthony Black makes sense for them for the defense. This is a guy that can finally play make, play defense, and hopefully he can make Corey Kispert and uh, all those bad draft picks 
you know, a little bit better because of the ball will be in better spots. So I'm going A B here. I feel awful about it for Anthony. Uh, with the ninth pick, the Utah Jazz are on the clock. And Sage, I'm deciding between two players. I'm deciding between Cam Whitmore and Taylor Hendricks. It really depends on how the Utah Jazz and their their front office and organization view Lowry Markkinen. You've obviously got Walker Kessler as your center. Now, do you view Lowry as a three? If you do, take Taylor Hendricks. He can stretch the floor and play. I mean, the defense with he and Kessler would be just nasty. And then you have, if you view Markin as, a, as a, a four, take Cam Whitmore, get him out on the break. They do not have high-level athletes like Cam Whitmore in Utah. Like He would make them a much better team. It's really tough because, uh, you know, Danny Ainge is probably wishing they didn't win so many games this year and they were uh, had a better shot at drafting, you know, one of those those top floor generals in a men or scoot or obviously winning the lottery with with Victor Wimpyama. This is this is this is the toughest one for me. I know you had it pretty easy, bud. Yeah, I did have it pretty easy. Not remarketing. Like we've seen what the Cavs have tried to do going big with Allen, Mobley, and Markinen. They broke off of that. And Mobley's just so special defensively that he could take on a lot of threes. You know, I'm going to go Cam Whitmore with this pick because I do not believe Larry Markinen is a three, and I believe Danny Ainge is going to go with the highest upside player. And even though Hendricks has a lot of upside, I think Cam Whitmore's ceiling is higher, and it's just a little bit smoother of, of a fit. I think Markinen exposed on the wings that's just not i think he's better as uh a stretch for you know gain, gaining the advantage over maybe slower bigs rather than trying to keep up with quicker quicker wings and i just, I just feel like they're going to want to take a swing like i, I think they feel like cam whitmore is incredible value here and, and i do too i think that's nine mm-hmm. i don't think he lasts until nine um so utah would, would get a player that could play on the wings get on the break you know run um he is a pretty solid uh defender and I think he has uh, definitely isolation creation potential. It's not there yet, but they're they're a team again that's not trying to rush it. So they'll let him work through whatever hiccups he goes through. So uh, Utah takes Cam Whitmore. He's off the board at number nine with the Dallas Mavericks now on the clock. I, I, this one's the first easy one uh, since Scoot. Really, um, I'm going Taylor Hendricks. I feel like he fits a lot of what Dallas needs. They traded DFS Dorian Finney-Smith last year for Kyrie. And I feel like they need a guy that's going to be that reactionary defender. And they got the best one in the draft in Taylor Hendricks. I mean, you put him in any coverage and he can use his athleticism and that reactionary skill defensively to make it all work. I mean, they they started using Christian Wood in clutch situations, and he's an atrocious defender. You change that up with Taylor Hendricks, who can hit the three at a really high percentage and play great defense for them. I just can't. I mean, like Luca setting up Taylor Hendricks is going to be fucking perfect for him, hitting those threes, getting that confidence. And when Luca is out, he can have the ball in his hands a little bit more. I know they should try their best to keep Kyrie but Taylor Hendricks can really help them win games with his defense and shooting so getting him at 10 I think is an amazing value for Dallas right here that is and this is another I think 
turning point in the draft is right after you get outside of the top 10. Now you're at 11 and you're starting to see, like, I think a clear break in, in the tiers of prospects, you know, looking at the board, who's available. You're seeing a lot of the same smaller guards. You're seeing a lot of, you know, you see some projects like there's no what this draft, I think, lacks is that that superstar wing. I think there's a couple of them and they're gone early. Right. Like there's no uh, Shaden Sharps, Benedict Matherins, like even Jaden Ivy types that could play at the two. And Orlando's in such a unique position because of how they're how they're constructed. You know, I'm on the clock with them at 11. You took Grady Dick for them early on at six. So you have Grady Dick, you have Paolo, you have Franz. Their guard situation is just a disaster. They, they took Jalen Suggs. He hasn't really worked out. Markel Fultz, I think, is serviceable, but I don't think he is good enough to say, we don't draft this guy because we have Fultz. You know, obviously Gary Harris is still on the roster. That's still Cole Anthony. Like they just have all of these point guards that need to get out of the the kind of the point guard boneyard and and go somewhere else because it's just, it's so cluttered. Hmm. This is really a a difficult one here. And since we have Grady, Jordan's really not as big of a need as if we went somewhere else with their first pick. Because if 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 I went someplace else, if like if I went Cam, for instance, Jordan Hawkins, without really thinking, you can still do it. But I feel like the value isn't as good. But what does the Orlando hmm. and Keon? Uh, I mean Carson, Jason is Wallace. just like Jalen Suggs. Really. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. There's no like. In, in, in an ideal world, this pick gets moved to another team. I just I don't love anything here for Orlando. There's two swings I'm thinking about taking for them, and it's either going to be Bilal Kulabale, who was a Victor Wembanyama's teammate. Uh, again, a six 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 seven freak athlete needs a little bit of time, but again, Orlando's not really in a rush, and I think they could use continually use that type of, of athlete. And then Derek Lively, he's the really the only shot blocker outside of Wembenyama that you can get in the top 25 picks. Um, they don't really have anybody behind Wendell Carter, and I don't think you're going to want, want to run stretches with Paolo and Franz at the five. Yeah, I've talked myself into it. I think they've got enough floor spacing with Paolo Franz and now Grady Dick that early on in his career, I'm going to take Derek Lively here. Derek Lively is not going to be playing 30 plus minutes. I think he's going to be a 20 minute per game. You're going to play him in spurts until he can start to work out some other skills. But I really love some high low action that they could run with Paolo and Franz. They both know how to pass the ball really well. Um, Wendell can take the like 34 and then he'll do the. You no, know, Wendell's going to want to get paid pretty soon too. And they, they could maybe decide to say, hey, we're not ready to commit that much money down the line. Um, so he's just a good insurance. I don't think he's, it's just a really weird part of the draft that um, is tough to decide. And I don't envy what they do um, here, but I would go uh, Derek Lively the second, just because of the rarity of that, that archetype mm-hmm. in, in this draft. And um, I did some watching of both bigs other than Wimbanyama. Their movement skills make me think that at worst they're gonna have like a career like Willie Colley sign. Like they're always going to get a chance because of how well they move. Bigs with that type of movement skills is just so rare that you're always willing to take a chance. 
Blazer fans wanted Nerlens Noel really badly on the buyout market. He moves really well for a big. Having that movement skill is going to keep them in the league, even if every other skill that they have doesn't develop. They still have the ability to move laterally, and bigs move that move their feet laterally. It's kind of rare. Yeah, and with two yeah. two lottery picks, you could take the chance on if Derek Lively ever develops a, a catch and shoot uh, jump shot, which would. And then you got you got Grady to yeah. to space everything out because you can't run pick and rolls with Derek Lively without space. And now the no- Oklahoma City Thunder are on the clock at number twelve, and you're up, Sage. And to me, this feels like what do you give the gift? to someone who just seems to have it all. They've got Shea. They've got Giddy. They've got Jalen Williams. They've got Jalen Williams. They've got Usman Jang. They've got Lou Dort. Yeah. They've got Chet Holmgren. They, they've yeah. got young vets, projects, length. I mean, they, they've got it all. They're picking at 12. Um, they, 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 are, they would be a fun team to select here. So I am super interested to see who you decide to roll with for the OKC Thunder. I think one of the biggest things that they have is you have a lot of slashers without a lot of shooters. Now, Grady Dick's gone, and I think that he would have been pretty perfect for him because of the size. But this team needs spacing in the worst way. I think that with Jet, if they take him, he's never going to develop a playmaking. All they have that is a pure shooter is Isaiah Joe. I don't think that's enough for when you're competing. I know Chet can shoot threes. And I hope that he embraces that role of hitting threes. But I feel like they're just losing out on on relocated relocation skills off shape drives or giddy drives. I'm sorry I'm taking your boy, but I think I'm going Jordan Hawkins with OKC Thunder. No, uh, the higher he goes, the the better for me. I I love I love that pick. Just for- just think about when they're running one elite guard. And then they have Isaiah Joe. They have Jordan Hawkins, Chet Holmgren. That key is open. So if Shea can do his thing, or Giddy can get paint touches and swing the ball to uh, one of those shooters. I think that the you know that I value shooting pretty highly. So it, it's I'm sure that they could go some other way, but I think shooting is the number one asset that they're looking for in a prospect. And you're taking a, a guy that, is the best relocation uh, shooter. He can move with uh, Jalen Williams, the uh, Arkansas Jalen, set some screens, run off ball action. He's not going to need the ball to be a successful player. Like that's why Jet is kind of he he needs that that PT in in uh, uh, playmaking where Jordan knows what he's doing. He's going to move off ball, run. I, I really hope that OKC can put some weight on him because I don't think he's in the last guarding twos and threes in the league now. But what he can do is just get buckets off relocating and hitting threes. So Jordan Hawkins to OKC. Yeah, that would be another Sam Presti slam dunk. Uh, up at 13 is the Toronto Raptors, a team that also I think controls a lot of the, the dominoes uh, in in the league in terms of what direction they want to go. Rumors are now saying that they're going to stand pat. Rumors have been saying that Masai Ujiri is tough to deal with. Who knows what is the case, but the fact of the matter is they still have OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes. Uh, They've got their, they have a type at at the forward, and there are some great forwards that they could pick, but I I just don't think that makes a lot of sense. Who's that? Fred Van Elite. 
Fred Van Fred Van Elite is going to be a free agent as well. I think Gary Gary Trent has a player option. So like they are a team that is in desperate need of backcourt uh just talent infusion. Malachi Flynn hasn't really worked out for them. And um they just they just don't have many bigs. Like I think or not bigs, the players in the backcourt, like Jordan Hawkins would have been fabulous here, especially if Gary Trent um becomes a free agent. I don't think they want to spend a whole lot of money to keep Gary Trent around. It's kind of plateaued. Um, they need a floor general, and there are a lot of them at this point in the draft. I'm going to go with my favorite, who also provides them with something they love, size and length. I'm taking Indiana's uh, Jalen hood Shafino. I think he's perfect at already running that pick and roll, so you can see him uh, in sets. With the Raptor bigs, I do believe in the jump shot. So the teams are not going to be able to just go under every pick and roll with him. He's looked good in all of the workouts that I've seen so far. Um, it just feels like a, a Raptors type of, of pick here cements their backcourt so they don't have to go out and spend a ton of money on, on Fred Van Elites. And they can continue building with, with Barnes and whatever they want to do with uh, Siakam and Ananobi. So I get why you went there. I would have probably gone Kaysen or uh, Keontae George, but I get why you did it. I understand it completely. I just would have, I, I think that they might. I just I don't like Kaysen with the Wallace's point guard abilities. I think he's a fabulous defender. I think he's, I think he's like a point guard version of Lou Dort, if that makes sense. I think he's Lonzo Ball, but yeah, I, I agree. No, but I get, I, 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 you, you, you're a Jalen Huchifino head. I get it. I like him. I know you do. Um, yeah, I, I would have gone Kaysen just because of the defense. And, you know, I feel like Scotty's going to be there. Scotty and Pascal is probably going to be their lead playmaker. So just having him be the combo guy. I also love Jalen off ball, too. So that's. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I, 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 I get why you did it. I okay. get why you did it. Yeah. All right. no, no, there's no hate. Just because I don't have them here does not mean I don't completely right. and utterly understand why you did it. I just wouldn't do it because Kaysen's right there. All right. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans on the clock at number 14. Rumors abound. Zion could be on the move. Who knows? They really want Scoot Henderson. Somebody else could be in charge of this pick come Thursday. But for now, it is the New Orleans Pelicans. I know the Zion stuff really throws a wrench into what they would do here. They do have a lot of fabulous young talent in Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, uh, Jose Alvarado. Um, I'm probably forgetting someone else, but that's just how many good young players they have. Um, what do you do here, Sage? Man, I, I, I feel like they need shooting still. They only have Trey Murphy and CJ that are like dead eye shooters. I know BI has shown the ability to hit threes, but I think that he feels way more comfortable in the mid range. So having a guy that can extend the floor to make it easier for them. You going jet Howard. Yeah. I think I'm going to go jet Howard just because Smart. he, he he's a six, eight guy who hits threes. I think the best three point shooters are gone right now. So you're going with jet Howard, who is the best shooter of the bunch and has a playmaking upside where he can, uh, really show off some stuff. I know they have Dyson Daniels, but I don't think Dyson really can break down the defense. So if you have Jet and he can show something in the playmaking, you have a guy that can really help whoever the superstar of this team is in the future with spacing. So I, I think that now all of the elite shooters are gone now, right? 
with with Grady. We got uh, Jordan. We got Jet. I f- I feel like those and Brandon. I think those are the guys that you can say they can hit buckets from the 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 three point land efficiently and well. Up with the Atlanta Hawks at number fifteen. Uh, they're in a, a team, they're in a weird a spot. team that disappointed. They traded three first round picks for Dejounte. Didn't work with he and Trey Young. It seems like John Collins's days in Atlanta are numbered, but nobody really wants to trade for him. They drafted Onyeka Okongwu in 2020, high in the lottery, and yet they still haven't found a way to get him to start over Clint Capella. Uh, just a really weird roster. Uh, Nate McMillan is gone. Quinn Snyder is in. Um, I'm going Leonard Miller of the G League Ignite here. I think they need to draft their John Collins replacement. I just, I also think not many players give them the most up, give them as much upside as they could find here. I mean, they could maybe do a Koulibaly, but I think Leonard Miller gives them something that they used to have in a player like Josh Smith, super athletic, left-handed, really unconventional, herky-jerky in how he moves. Shot does not look pretty, but it goes in. And there's something to be said about a shot that just, it goes in. It doesn't always have to be, you know, a Van Gogh. It, it, sometimes it can look like a Picasso and, and, and it goes in. Um, so I'm taking a big upside swing. I think he can also handle the ball uh, future, which could set up uh, the shooters of, you know, AJ Griffin, Trey Young on the wing. Um, so whatever they want to do, I think he works with whatever direction they go. So I'm taking Leonard Miller from the G League Ignite. Yeah, you, Utah, Utah is back up on the clock after taking Cam Whitmore at number nine. I think they need defense. I, the three that I have in my mind, Kaysen, Keontae, and Nick. You know what? I think Keontae is the best prospect out of the three of them. If you look at any of the college tape, you still have you still have Clarkson to be uh, to handle the ball more. So they they really are looking for a point of attack defender plus a guy that has upside. I am going Kaysen, but Deontay this, this, and this is good value for me for Kaysen Wallace. Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, I have him at like eight, nine. So the fact that he's here with the Utah pick at 16 just shows that it's good value. I don't expect a, a Drew Holiday esque lockdown defender, but I see a good point of attack defender that can move up very easily because he does have very long wingspan and has that, but I don't see him getting like if they if they go against the Kings and De'Aaron Fox, I think he struggles for a while because I don't think I his hands are really good. But I don't think his feet are really good yet. So I think people are expecting a Drew. I think you should be very excited with Alonzo Ball type defender, Davion Mitchell. Yeah, and D- Davion made his money like. He made it cool for small guards that play defense, just like Bruce. A, I think Kaysen's a good change of pace to have. I still think they need to find like a true floor general. I just don't think it's there. There, right there just isn't any right It's here. not there. No. Yeah. They'll have to find it in free agency or the draft in upcoming years. But we are moving through this mock draft. Number seven, the Los Angeles Lakers. And they will probably definitely be looking to get some scoring to help out LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Oh man. No, I'm not no no no. Um maybe. I don't know. The players I I I first of all I don't want any players on the Lakers, but just for this 
the exercise. I think you Jordan have to Hawkins, do what's best for him, bud. Jordan Hawkins and Jet Howard, I think, make the most um, sense for them. You know what? I am going to go with Bryce Sensabaugh from Ohio State here for the Los Angeles Lakers. They need a bucket getter. They can cover his defense. Um, he needs to work on his defense like there is no tomorrow. But he could be Karis LeVert type on offense where he just goes in and, and he gets you 20. Like, look what Austin Reeves did for them. Like, he gave them a shot in the arm, something that that they need. Um, I don't know if D'Angelo Russell is the answer. Probably not. They maybe try and go out and get Chris Paul. Um, so, yes, they definitely do need a, a point guard. And you, there could be an argument for a guy like Kobe Bufkin here. But... You have LeBron, who's going to be turning 39 in December. Anthony Davis, you just don't know how healthy he's going to be. They're coming off a Western Conference Finals run. I, I think Sensabaugh does one thing, does one thing very, very well. And he 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 can play coming right off your bench and, and get you some scoring. So that's where I'm going with the Lakers at 17. Yeah, I'm, I would have gone with the combo guards, but I get why you want Bryce. He sucks at everything else, but he gets buckets. So I, I get any he has size. He definitely has width. He, he he's gonna use his size and just to get shots up. I get it. The Eastern Conference representatives, Miami Heat. They need a point well, guard. Now will they be making this pick for themselves or somebody else, Sage? Okay, I didn't really understand you, so. I'm going to imagine it's, it's all more like up. Miami thinks they're going to get Dame for, you know, 18 and Tyler Hero and maybe a pick or two. So it was, it was a, just a subtle. Nah, uh, I'm going one of those combo guards that I like. You know, I, I, I'm going with my boy, Nick Smith. The, the Arkansas tape is awful. You shouldn't use that if you're trying to make this pick. Arkansas spacing was atrocious. We might be talking about Jordan Walsh in the future, who's just an absolute non-factor offensively. Anthony, AB was just such a bad shooter that all you had to do is box in one. You can have Nick Smith guarded at all times if he played, and uh, they have no shooters to really help. It was just like, we're just attacking a set defense the entire year. It was very unpleasant to watch. But if you look at EYBL tape, you see a very explosive athlete that once he gets by that initial defender, which is going to be the issue, they have a guy that has that same issue in Tyler Hero. I know Hero heads don't want to hear it, but they definitely have. He has that issue of trying to get past someone. But honestly, if you can inspire him to play defense, and you got to in this on this team, you have to play defense. I think Nick Smith with his offensive gifts gives you a guy that you can run off ball, get to the hoop, shoot threes. He gets buckets. Um, Miami Heat need cheap players to put up stats. So I, I'm I'm betting on Nick Smith and what I saw as a uh as a secondary score. I know that they're still if they can't get uh, Vincent's contract, they need a point guard. They need guard help already because Victor Oladipo ain't coming back healthy. And, you know, Hero still has some issues. But, yeah, I'm going Nick Smith here. All right. At number 19, the Golden State Warriors are on the clock. And Draymond Green has opted out of his contract. Who knows if they will bring him back or not. All reports have 
basically said the Warriors plan on at least running it back one more time. Um, and I was, I was thinking I was listening to a podcast and it was just like the Golden State Warriors missed two, three major opportunities in 2020 and 2021 in the draft. They swung for the fences every single time. Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, and James Wiseman. Only of those three right now is Moody getting any sort of run. And they're kind of putting handcuffs, you know, one hand tied behind his uh, Kaminga's back. They're not really letting him play and, and create. Obviously, Wiseman was dealt for five second round picks, you know, three years into his his tenure with, with the Warriors. So if it might if I'm operating under the assumption that they are going to run it back, and I think they need to draft players who can play right now and help are them. you going who i think you're going they have and just a astronomical payroll i think they need to get off of jordan Poole's contract i don't know if they'll be able to do that but that takes a lot of the, the combo guards off of the board here they already got ryan rollins last year who, who i still have some faith in they don't do well drafting traditional centers i i'm, I'm going to take chris murray for from iowa um i think he is exactly what the type of player who's going to thrive in their system, just the open jumpers that he is going to get, like he's going to put up some stats that eventually will get him paid elsewhere. But in golden state, he's not going to fuck up. He's going to play solid defense. He's going to make the right read. He's going to accept his role. And most importantly, he's going to space that floor to let Steph and clay operate at a very high level. Um, I, I think you can play him at the three or the four it, with Draymond coming back. It, potentially he's always available to play the five. So you can go small, you can run big lineups. Like, I think that the fits are sensational. They may want to trade down to get him. A 19 might be a little high for some, but um, I, I think if you're a Warrior fan, you get Chris Murray, you should be very happy. Yeah, I mean, those lineups where Looney and Draymond play a lot together, you really ha- you have that issue of two non-shooters, two non-threats. So if you can have Chris Murray fill a role where there's four lethal shooters on the court at one time, that's... That's fucking frightening for the league. I think Chris Murray accepts his role and would play some really good defense, really clutch. I mean, like, they had such an awful bench this year. Like, that's why they lost so many damn games is their bench was atrocious. You have a guy that at worst is your ninth man and then can move up and be, you know, like a Jay Crowder or whatever. I think it's huge for him. I wish we could save him to 23, but... You had to do what you needed to do for the Golden State Warriors at that pick, so I respect it, and uh, I think it's a very good pick. I appreciate that. You are back on the clock with the Houston Rockets at number 20, who took Brandon Miller already in the first round. The best prospect that is left is Keontae from Baylor. Keontae George from Baylor. I feel like he could do more things than Ty Ty Washington at the backup point guard position right now. Ty Ty, I mean, just because he's so damn short. He's going to try his ass off, but he's so damn short that I don't know how he's going to do an NBA ball. And they need somebody to ha- handle that backup point guard spot for for a few years. So I'm going with Keontae. I think that he's the best tough shot maker in the class. I think that his handle is very advanced for his age. I have seen him play good defense in high school, not in college that Baylor, no middle is a very tough concept to grasp. And, you know, during conference play, I didn't think that he played any defense, especially the no middle concept in which they, they played, but he gets buckets. I know that he has the ability to play defense, but just having more size. I know he's a combo guard, but he's all of 
the uh, the six four that he is projected to be. I think if if you can develop him, he can be a a point guard. But for right now, he is a combo that can set his own and get his own. And I I, I believe in the tough shot making, and I think that he is a pretty good get in Houston with Brandon Miller. Back to back Brooklyn Nets, we each get a pick twenty one and twenty two. Uh, I'm going to take Kobe Bufkin guard. I like it. From, Love it. Actually from Michigan. Uh, they, I, Patty Mills is the only point guard I can name off the top of my head right now that that, that plays point guard on, on their roster. I mean, they've had so much turnover. Uh, they, they need somebody that's going to kind of take the reins uh, of that, that show. Now, again, are they, are they keeping this pick or what, what are they going to do? They have, they have visions of players that they want to go out and, and trade for as well, but this is just that they, they do. Um, but I, I think Buffkin makes a lot of sense here. Uh, I don't personally think he lasts until uh, number 21. But again, when you're going through this 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 exercise, it's like uh, you can't pick them all at, at one spot. So if somebody, you know, of uh, 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 you know, they just do they you just think drop. he's more of a combo or a point? I feel like he's a combo. He has I've guard skills. Seen, I've only but, seen a little bit. Okay. I would say he's a scoring first guard. Yeah, yeah. I, I I get that. So I'm going, I, I I feel like Brooklyn is one of the worst paint defense teams in the the association. I think they were 26th in rebounding as well. So they give up a lot of points in the paint. And I texted you. Uh, I was like, let's work together. I think that they need a center. And since we went lively so early, it really, it, it, it makes James Najee from Barcelona really important for the Brooklyn Nets because of their issues with rebounding and bigs opposing bigs just scoring on them. I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch that much, but when you look at bigs that move well, and I think Najee moves really well, he's going to get a million chances in this league. If you, if he hits, you're looking at a starting caliber center and if he doesn't, he's going to have a lot of jobs on the end because of his movement skills. He's a good rebounder. He's a good shot blocker. I think that it puts up much needed size for Brooklyn. And it isn't like a, oh, automatic, the center scoring six extra points by going against this awful front line. So hopefully they can beef up that front line with James Najee. At 23, the Blazers are back on the clock. And I fully expect it to be choosing between like Chris Murray, Jaime Hawkes, Andre Jackson Jr. Um, again, this is another player I don't think will be on the board, but how it shaped out. Um, if I'm Portland, I'm taking Bilal Koulibaly, uh, the small forward, the small forward from, from France. You're getting a player that you look five, seven years down the line, you're like, why didn't this guy go in the top 10? I mean, you're really swinging big time with a men. And uh, Bilal, but but if it hits the athleticism between those two plus Shaden uh, across your one, two, and three, you're really setting yourself up to dominate the NBA in the next five to seven years. And I think the value is just it's just too high. Like if if Portland were maybe closer to contention and you needed the win now guy, I definitely go Andre Jackson or Jaime Hawkes because they're going to step in and just do everything you need. Yeah, I feel like the but, win now shit, most rookies suck. I don't, I, I don't really believe in the win now type I, of thing. I, I, I disagree. 
because I've I've seen it happen. Second round pick Cliff Robinson started against David Robinson in the conference. You're semifinals. picking a lot of, of but you said they, they, I don't think they do. Like I I think rookies play play a pretty big role. They, the key is going to a system where a coach trusts and empowers that rookie. Do you think Chelsea does that? <laughs> no, I feel 90, like he's. 90, I feel like ninety-five percent of coaches don't. Ninety-five percent of coaches don't. But the ones that do are the ones that that will reap the, the rewards. So I feel the, like he's Pujita's responsibility for this first year. Yes. Who would yes. you have taken in that spot? Um, I've watched more of Maxwell Lewis than I have of Ryan Rupert, and I know how much you love him. So I would have probably gone Maxwell Lewis, the three three level scorer, who isn't that much of a defensive guy, but he he he's a three level guy. So I would have got him there. But I'm not totally mad at. I feel like it's incredible value for us. I honestly can't pronounce his name right, so I tried to avoid him as much as possible. So no, I, I you you picked the highest potential guy. I, I just think that he's going to need some time to really develop in, in, in the, actually, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I've never watched this guy. When I watch him, I'm when I watch his team, I'm not watching him. I'm watching Victor women. I have no idea. Why am I fucking lying? I have no idea. Pick so, 24. King. Yeah. Who you got? <laughs> um, so I took, Hmm. I feel like James Najee would do really well here. But he's gone. I think I'm going to go three-level Maxwell Lewis. Like, I feel like they need a, some more bench scoring because Malik Monk can be really good. He also can be really bad at times. So having a guy that can score at all three levels and play like a respectable amount of defense and just be a rotation guy for a while in Maxwell Lewis might be a, a good way to go. So I'm going Maxwell. I mean, having six, eight guys that can do things on the basketball court is the future of the NBA, so might as well take a chance. Memphis Grizzlies are on the clock at 25. They will be without John Morant for the first 25 games of the upcoming season, and they tend to just pick guys out of nowhere, um, tend to pick guys higher than expected. With that in mind, I think a player who fits their grit and grind uh, persona to a T is Andre Jackson uh, from Connecticut. They they probably are moving off of, of Dylan Brooks this year. I think they need somebody to defend. I, I think they, they need someone to just kind of maybe write that ship locker room wise. And I think not maybe right away, but I think he'll grow into that role. Um, just no nonsense. Um, so I, I'd love if he does everything you want. And he's not going to take away shots from Jaron, from Ja, from Tyus, from Dez. He's not going to take shots away from any of them at all. He's going to work hard to get them looks, and he's going to play the passing lanes. He's just going to be basically just wreak havoc. Um, so I can't wait I, to watch him in transition with his passing. Because I, yeah. I would say, honestly, he's my favorite transition passer in this draft. So I, I really like Andre. I think that the, the amount of miles that he ran and how in shape his body is to handle that Yukon scheme is really, really uh, impressive. I guess I wanted to save him for the Blazers because in some of these mocks, we don't really see him going that high. But uh, I I really do like him. I think that he is a good good player. And 
fuck. Who was the 10th overall pick that was a, a reach for him a few years ago? I forgot his name. Dyer Williams. Yeah, he's he hasn't been filling that role of the three that can pick up opposing players. So finding Andre that would love that challenge, I think, is a really good pick for the Memphis Grizzlies. Indiana Pacers are on the clock at number 26. Hmm. And they have Jarris, right? Yes. <sighs> Let me look. I I really hate doing this, bud. This is your guy. But I feel like Ryan Rupert would fit with that team with the DM3. I know the Oregon guy still has potential, but he's quite a bit older. And they 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 need to stock up on wings. If they're gonna compete eventually, they need to have a lot of wings to throw at you. They have an elite point guard, they have a guy that is the ultimate glue guy in in Jarris. They have Miles Turner, who may or may not be there for the long term. They got Benedict off the bench. I don't see him as a uh, as a starting guy with his defense being so bad right now. In the future, I absolutely do. But I I want a guy that can stick and play defense and hit threes. And I know that you have this love for Ryan Rupert as a uh, as a guy that can can do some Batum esque stuff. European guy that's playing in Australia. So I'm I'm going Ryan Rupert with the. Indiana Pacers. Uh, another thought was uh, Greek Whitehead, but with all those injuries, it just scares me so much. 27, the Charlotte Hornets are on the clock, already taking Scoot Henderson. Um, like Koulibaly, I'm going to take a player who I, I was watching their tape, but I wasn't watching them play. I was watching their t- their teammate. Uh, I'm going to take Noah Clowney from Alabama. He's the, the best player left on the board. Um, positional fit they they don't is pj washington the answer i don't think so um yeah i mean they, they've they've taken a miss uh they've taken so many players in the past lotteries that have just not worked out um so i'm just taking noah Clowney based upon um value here again i haven't seen a, a ton of him um moves well probably high up high upside probably a little bit a little bit away wish i could tell you all more but i mean goddamn we're at pick 27 and i'm finally saying that so i think we deserve a little bit of credit there so i'm going clowny at 27 uh at 28 utah back on the clock Kaysen and cam already in the fold i feel like they can wait i feel like they, they can wait and they can take a risk here i'm going to reek whitehead I know that his injury issues are fucking terrifying. He has a calf injury that did not heal or a heel injury that did not heal. He got hurt mid season. I thought he tore his uh, Achilles. He didn't. Everything was cool. And then he's getting another surgery to fix the heel. But in that time, I saw him play at Duke because if you're a draft guy, you're going to watch Duke quite a bit. I saw that he was a guy who hit threes at a really high clip. His athleticism is gone. When he was in high school, he had athleticism. The the leg injuries really took it out of him. But later in the year, I saw that he had some of his bounce back and he just stayed in the air forever. So I was really impressed by that. He reminded me of AJ. 
And maybe I just like Duke guards that have had lower leg injuries. But one thing that he has that AJ never had, or at least I wish he had, Drew can play defense. So you're getting a guy that at low, he's he was recovering from a lot of foot injuries, played his ass off defensively, really good. Hit threes, looked like an off-ball scorer that once he gets his legs back, if he gets his legs back, could be a star. And I feel like Utah's willing to take on the risk of Dariq because all they really have is Lowry and guys that can fit around him. I think Dariq, if he is in the right system, fits along with a lot of people. I feel like if he hits his uh, his top, he's Des. He's Desmond Bain. Really strong shooter that can pass. Plays really good defense. It's all about health with Dariq. So if he can get past all of these injury issues, I like the value. At 29, the Indiana Pacers are on the clock again. Previously taken Maxwell Lewis and Jairus Walker. I'm going to take Jaime Jaquez from UCLA. Basketball IQ off the charts. Doesn't do any one thing great. Just does everything really, really good. Um, Great footwork. Great feel. Uh, great passer, can hit an open shot, can handle the ball. I mean, he's not going to be your primary playmaker, but I just think the 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 he and Tyrese on the same floor, they're just so much, they're going to be so much smarter th- than everyone else. Like, I feel like he is a player that Indiana fans who, it's, it's the Hoosier State, like they love basketball, are going to fall in love with, with Hawkes for. He's going to become just like, you know, one of those, you know, cult classics off the bench. And I think he's going to make a, a big impact. I've compared him to a small forward version of Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek is still a rotational player in the league after getting drafted in 2013. Like he's a solid bench player. And I think that's what you're getting at 29. And uh, I think he and Halliburton and, and Jarris, you're just going to have smart players win games. Like you don't always I think Indiana is going to be a fun uh, NBA league pass. Team. They're going to be a league pass team. Like you don't like, you don't always have to be bigger, stronger, or faster than everyone. Sometimes you have to outthink the opponent. And I think. Is he three, four? Like, is he going to be Jarrett's direct backup? Or is he and Jarrett going to play together? I would play them together. Both can hit an outside shot. Like, you're, they're yeah. not going to be just complete, you know, unguardables out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to. Yeah. I feel like if you can have mixed smart players together, like you have Tyrese. Jarris, I think, is a basketball genius. And then you have Jaime, who is a very high IQ player. Like, they're just, they're going to, Jaime isn't the most athletic dude, but he's going to be in the position to make things happen defensively. And then you just unleash Matherin uh, mm-hmm. out there. Like, well, and with, with Miles Turner and Jarris, they make up for Benedict's defense right now. Yeah. Yeah. I like the I like what we did with the Indiana Basers, man. Well, it, Jarris was just so obvious of how the draft went, but, I love Jairus. All right. Last pick of the draft. Los Angeles Clippers. Number 30. Finish this one off for a stage. Who do you got? Huh. Okay. It's between two people. I don't know the Santa Clara guy, so I don't really want to say it. But I've watched Indiana and I've watched Gigi Jackson of South Carolina. I feel like Trace Jackson Davis is a Clippers guy. I also feel like the Clippers would be fascinated with the upside of Gigi Jackson. I know his attitude shit, but we're just talking about 
a guy that facing the basket can be a very effective guy. But I feel like Trace Jackson Davis to close out this first round, a guy that can be that backup for do some really cool creative things with his passing and his uh his fundamental and IQ. I think that just screams the Clippers. So what do you think about Trace Jackson Davis? Really good in the pick and roll. I think he's definitely a five at the next level. Like he has not attempted. No, he's not. He's not going to spread the floor at all. No. But Zubac is, I mean, he could be the backup for Zubac. But don't they have Mason Plumley? Is he there for, for a long time? I don't know. I'm just playing. No, I, here's the deal. It's 30. I don't really know that many. I I would have went with uh, Olivier Maxence Prosper for Marquette, the guy who I just didn't Yeah, I just never combined. watched him, so I don't want to make up flies about him. I mean, I've seen a, a bit, but I, I mean, three and D, I, mean, I think I don't think you can go wrong. That, that's who I would have chosen. I think mm. you could get Jackson Davis later in the second round. Um, yeah, like Brandon. So Sean, Sean Hyken, I watched good, but again, I watched I'm, his um, YouTube podcast and he had a guy on talking draft, but he guy was an Indiana fan. Mm. He's like, yeah, I like Jackson Davis, but like he's attempted like two threes the entire year. Like, yeah, he's, no, he's, I, it's it's he's like Xavier Tillman, but I don't like him nearly as much. And is Xavier Tillman like doing much? No, but I think that I think that Trace can do spot minutes at the four or the five. I I don't mind the pick. Clippers I'm are fucking saying, good. <laughs> so yeah, it's I'm like, there's yeah. other prospects I would have went over him. Oh yeah, I mean shit. I'm just trying to close it out with a guy I know. <laughs> I don't like lying to the people about my like I don't know any Euros besides Wemby. No, I'm not trying yeah. to just like from what I've read, scouting reports and what I've you know just heard. Like I also like uh Brandon uh Podzminski. Yeah, I've again, seen, don't I've know seen, pronunciation. I've seen a little tape myself. on him, yeah. like Luke Kennard vibes. So I could mm-hmm. totally see them picking him because Kennard played really well with with, with the clips and mm-hmm. they they need that spacing you know obviously you talked about about Gigi jackson i i don't know if tyloo has time for that bullshit. Yeah, exactly um ben shepherd seen a little bit of him belmont can fill it up as well maybe julian strother or jalen i was thinking too. julian strother uh is i think julian strother is going to find his way in the first round i don't know where but i, I he has the shoot he's a player who i think is built for the nba not the collegiate level like he's just one of those guys that you're gonna look back and say like why was he kind of mid in the college? But he's like mm. good in the NBA. Like that's just how it works. Gonzaga out. does that to high level prospects too. So that, um, I mean, we're at yeah. pick thirty. Some shit's gonna happen. I just, you know, I just like closing it out with a little banter. But it is a massive podcast. Uh, Sage, thank you for all the draft coverage. Um, it's fun. Future Fridays, we wrap this one up. This is the last draft podcast until after the draft, which we will give our reactions. Yep. Hopefully, we're happy, but. Chances are we'll be disappointed because we're Blazer fans. And uh, we're just, you know, hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. Sage, take us on home. We are available. I mean, th- I feel like this can concludes this very elaborate draft prospects scouting. I mean, we, we, we notice when stuff isn't right with the Blazers and it might be time to tank. So I think we adjusted to it 
better than other content creators that are for a specific team. I mean, I feel like our Blazer stuff, I'm very proud of. Obviously, we've done 300 and however many episodes. But the fact is that we can get together and hyper-focus on one player and talk about them. And, you know, I like Nick Smith. You don't. In a few years, our Smith, uh, Nick Smith talking points are going to be, you know, something that we talk about or, you know, like my <laughs> epic love for Desmond Bain or AJ Griffin. Like doing this has really made me a better Blazers guy because I, I know who we're playing. Like, you know, not many people knew who Desmond Bain was when he was coming out of TCO. So I'm very proud of what we've done with this. Thank you to everybody who listened. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher. Himalaya, wherever you get your podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Give us a nice comment. We are now available very much on Instagram Reels and Facebook Reels and TikTok and uh, uh, YouTube when I when I think of that at the very last. So, again, thank you so much for being with us, talking about, listening to us talk about these draft picks, some that we know very well, some that we are uh, not as familiar with. We appreciate the the love. You know, it's fun hanging out with Dustin, especially now that he's a dad. But, you know, <laughs> hanging out via Zoom would not be as fun if we weren't talking about the hoops. So thank you to everybody who listened. Um, we will be back after the draft to talk about what happened. And uh, thank you to everybody listening. And there's definitely going to be off-season pods. Like, I mean, the rumor mill is going to be crazy. So thank you to everybody who has given us a chance. Peace.